TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and with me this week, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Not too bad, how are yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, we've just finished watching a UFC uh, fight night, uh, Paul Felder versus uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, let's quickly just nip through these uh, these prelims. Uh, so we started in the heavyweight division where uh, Don Tyler Mays got a, a decision against Roque Martinez. Nip down to the welterweight for another decision with Alex Morono beating Reese McKee. Third decision, uh, this time in the banterweight when Tony Gravely picked up the, the decision against uh, Geraldo De Freitas. And then we finished off with uh, another decision. This time, uh, de- debutant Kanako Morata uh, beating uh, veteran Randa Marcos. Uh, start of the card with... Uh, a strawweight divi- uh, division for the women's uh, first ever Welsh uh, female fighter in the UFC, Corey McKenna, uh, making a uh, making a debut against uh, another young one. Both these fighters were twenty one years old uh, against Kay Hansen, who uh, she made her debut a couple of months ago. I'm looking to uh, to um, add to her um, uh, basically uh, experience in the octagon. So yeah, the, this was a, an interesting, a really interesting fight. Um, basically, it was some great heavy shots by McKenna, but then kind of like uh, a lot of control uh, from Hanson. Uh, Hanson was still quite good with her shots, and uh, she uh, she she was definitely accurate. But I think when McKenna hit Hanson. You could tell she had a lot more sting about it, um, but um, it seemed to me that uh, Hanson's game plan was basically just to control McKenna, uh, whether that's up on the cage or whether that's uh, uh, trying to get her onto the floor. Um, but for for three rounds, it was kind of a lot of like a almost a chess game of uh, of having um, McKenna's power and landing those good combos. And uh, Hanson wanted to, to clinch. Um, and I think that the difference was that uh, when when McKenna was able to get her shots off, she was landing two, three, four shots at a time. But when Hanson was uh, was clinching, she wasn't just getting enough um, enough working and enough uh, enough um, control on the ground because when she did have uh, McKenna. Uh, in in positions where she was able to to uh, look for subs, McKenna was still attacking. Uh, 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 the way she attacked from from uh, off the ground, the way she kind of popped her hips and kind of was able to reverse a lot of the positions, it was a, a very kind of a like I said, almost like a chess battle of a fight. Uh, really, really close fight, but uh, eventually our our girl, the Brit and uh, first ever fi- Welsh female fighter in the UFC, got the victory. Yeah, congratulations to Corey. This was a, a clear aspect of two young fighters trying to put a, a show on for the boss. Um, and you got to put respect out to them. One of them, um, Kay fought in Victor for uh, many years, and then Corey, she's fought for Cage Warriors. 
uh, for some time as well before both of them getting the, the big call up and, and getting the dreams to fight for the UFC. Um, I was surprised that, that they actually give it to her. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought when they were when they, when they called it out and it, uh, and Hanson's name wasn't called, I'm like, I, I can't say I wasn't shocked because uh, I'm like, oh, yeah. I understand that. I can understand. Like, I don't. Uh, I saw it online. Like, this was straight afterwards. Like someone saying that like, I can understand that it's not a robbery. I can agree with them. Like I don't think it's a robbery. It's just I, I thought that they would have. They would have gone with it because of the control, but yeah. just goes to show, like I was saying to you, if you if you've got chance to punch someone in the face, whether you're on your back or they've got back, you got you do it because that still might persuade the judges. Well, yeah, well, I mean, look at that. That uh, I think it was going on late into the first round when um, um, Hanson had um, McKenna's back, but there was no way of getting the. Uh, the, the rear naked so she was just swinging behind her head and landing loads and loads of shots not doing particularly too much damage but, no, but very very active yeah, yeah. they are open obviously when you go to the end of it it's like right well the only thing that the the judges remember is is obviously Kay on her back not doing all getting punched in the face with an opponent who's not even facing her so yeah it just goes to show that just keep fighting whatever position you're in because you if you leave it to the judges and you don't do anything in them positions, then you, you can't really complain when you do lose. And Cora's 21-year-old 21 21 year coming in, showing why she does belong in the UFC, and hopefully she gets her foot sorted out, whatever's wrong with her foot. Mm -hmm. Her um, ankle, I think she said. Yeah, her ankle, uh, whatever, whatever's wrong with it. Human feet are fucked anyway. They, <laughs> they too many bones in them. But yeah, uh, hopefully she gets that sorted out. She's back in the gym and she's got a, a, a fight booked. Hopefully she can get one more before the end of the year. Yeah, uh, she shared a, a really cool story on uh, Instagram. Uh, she was talking about, um, obviously she's someone who's trained MMA for a, a lot of years since she was a really a young girl. And she went to a show in Manchester in 2013 and... Uh, she had the, her and her mum had really really good seats and Dana walked past them and the mum said to uh, Dana you're going to be signing my daughter in five years and Dana like, took a photo of him and kind of just laughed it off now seven years later I mean the timeline was a little bit out but seven years later it's come true and he has signed her so well played to her and hopefully she can f uh, fly that Welsh flag proud and uh and uh, really like, make a mark in that division. Even though she's got a Welsh accent and she's definitely from Essex in <laughs> So after that, we uh, we went into what ended up being a catchweight uh, fight. It was, uh, was meant to be at middleweight, but um, uh, Brendan Allen weighed in way, way over. Uh, so Sean Strickland, uh, his opponent, agreed to take the fight as a catchweight. Uh, and I bet he's actually glad he, he was Sean Strickland obviously we, we know he's a, a heavy hitter he likes to kind of uh, give his opponents grief in the octagon he's really like a, a proper shit talker uh, and um, he he didn't actually do a lot of that in this fight what he did was a very impressive professional uh, display um, he he took a few uh, a few kicks at the beginning and a few combos but once he found his range 
he lit uh, Brendan Allen up. Every shot that he landed on Allen seemed to hurt. I mean, we were talking 30, 40 seconds into the round and we were thinking, has Brandon, Brendan Allen got a broken jaw? Because the shots he were landing, uh, everything he threw just seemed to have so much kind of stank and so much power behind it that you just all you saw was Brendan Allen's uh, head just snapping back every single time. Uh, he did get off a, a quite a lot of his own shots as well. Uh, he was able to to counter really nicely but it was just I think the the fact that he missed weight uh, I think that Sean took that as a little bit of a disrespect and he wanted to, to teach Brendan Allen a lesson so he was all game he was no kind of like uh, man games all that, all that shit talking he just wanted to hurt the guy uh, going into the the first and at the end of the first and we uh, it, it, it looked like he was going to finish him it was really like uh, um just landing some great shots I love, uh, he did like one of those kind of uh, uh, Anderson Silva up kicks uh, t- front kicks to the face where he uh, he almost like uh, knocked Alan out with his toes uh, but luckily Alan was able to survive the the, the bell to the second round uh, and this was one of the first times that um, and we saw it a couple of times in the in the the show where the coaches were feeding their fighters so much bullshit mm-hmm. um Brandon Allen's coaches were telling him that he had a brilliant round and that he, he really uh, was was doing well and all he needs to do was put his head down and power forward. And, yeah, he shouldn't do that because he uh, he got absolutely battered in the second round. Um, just Strickland was uh, able to just, like, hit his own um, his shots in the pocket. Uh, Allen um, landed uh, one good uh, low kick to... To Strickland and then Strickland just uh, hit him with a couple of power shots and you could just see Alan wobbling all over the, the octagon. Uh, Strickland, obviously, again, we say it all the time, but he, it's, it, it, it bears repeating. He smelt that blood in the water. He knew that uh, the, the, the knockout was on, was able to land a couple more shots. Alan went against the fence. Uh, Herb Dean come in to wave it off and the... After he'd, he'd won the fight, you could see Alan was not able to walk straight in a straight line. He was absolutely punch drunk. Uh, great victory for for Strickland and yeah, uh, Bradley Allen. Uh, Brendan Allen has a lot of lessons to learn from this fight in terms of uh, in terms of weight cutting, in terms of just uh, his cardio, in terms of like just taking shots because he got an absolute whooping. Definitely did, and he definitely does need to learn a lesson from it. Um, going on to Sean, uh, what perfect boxing he displayed. Yeah, he's, you said that. He his combos were were on point. He were he were calm, and he knew exactly where to to throw him. He, he reminded me a lot of Stipe's boxing, um, proper just like golden glove style. Bend it down the fucking shambles. Uh, I want to listen to their full like audio. Uh, of what they were saying to him during the first round and going into the, the, the minute before they give him the fucking stupid advice of putting your chin down and going forward which got him knocked out and it's not the only time it happened because it happens in the comment round but we'll get to that uh, in a minute yeah exactly but with, uh, with Brendan his coaches his, his coaches should have been telling him to set his shots up do something with the jab Yes, fair enough, he started going to the body and then the head, but that wasn't working for him because he kept on getting fucking lit up. He weren't moving his fucking head. He was bouncing about like a fucking knob. 
It's like, what, what, what are you doing that for? It's like, you're getting caught anyway. Mm -hmm. you, you're literally standing right in the pocket to him, and he's a better boxer than you. Why yeah. are you doing that, you knob? I mean, by the end of the first round, he had cuts on both cheeks, a swelled uh, eyebrow, and a potential broken jaw. Exactly. Someone's a better boxer than you. You don't fucking stand in front of them. It's mixed mm -hmm. martial arts for a reason. You can do other stuff. It's, it's mixed martial arts. Uh, but he he was just he was just happily stood there getting fucking jabbed in the head. But I don't understand why his coaches weren't weren't telling him to move. Like obviously Trevor Whitman's there and Bisping's there, a, a, a coach and a, a an ex fighter and that lot. I'm, I'm guessing if they were allowed to actually speak freely on the marks, they'd be going out the fucking man speaking to him, like what the fuck's his fighter doing? What's his coach is doing? Uh, but yeah, he I think he needs to fucking change his coaches fast because that were. That was a pathetic excuse for coaching that. Didn't even didn't when you have to go into your the break and the fucking you go into your fire, chin down and just and you're doing hand signals, you're not even saying fuck all. You as a fighter have got to think, I'm paying this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm paying this guy to show him some fucking hand signals. And, and he can't even I'm, use English. And I'm paying him from a purse that I've lost twenty percent of. Exactly. <laughs> the guy he's you know what, I'm I know it's horrible saying that you're glad someone's lost, but I'm sort of glad he lost. He learned a lesson for not being professional and making weight. And not only that, he learned a lesson from fighting, just a fucking stupid fight. The way he fought was just stupid. And if that were his game plan all along, it's a fucking stupid game plan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well, yeah, congratulations to Sean. His boxing, boxing were on point and... I'm glad he let his, his hands do the talking in this fight rather than his mouth because mm -hmm. he, if he does that in every fight, he's, he's going to go fucking far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, in the middle of the card, we went back to the women's throwaway division, uh, Miranda Granger versus Ashley Yoder, and this was pretty much like, like I mentioned in the, in the first fight, it was kind of like two different uh, styles clashing. Uh, the difference in this one was that Ashley Yoder's uh, ground game just absolutely dominated uh, Miranda Granger from from within a minute of the first round all the way through to pretty much the end of the third round. Uh, whenever uh, Ashley Yoder wanted to get their fire onto the floor and uh, and start uh, working the positions. She was absolutely able to. Uh, Granger had to uh, basically spend a lot of this fight on her back. One thing that really frustrated me in this fight was uh, was actually the referee, Jason Herzog, just so eager to, to tell the, the the ladies to that he's going to stand them up. I just didn't get it. They were both working really, really hard. And you do have times in, in, uh, in uh, ground game where you need... Uh, a couple of seconds to, to formulate your next uh, move or, or kind of like frustrate your opponent and, and get them uh, thinking about one thing whilst you're setting up something else but yeah Jason just didn't give him that opportunity it was, it was forever pressuring him to uh, to, to start working and, and, and moving which were yeah it was re really really annoying um, but yeah all through all three rounds and especially in that third round where it I give the first, I thought the third round was a 10-8 because uh, Yoda just absolutely dominated. She got into lots of different kind of uh, positions, was was unable to, to get the finish, which is uh, a shame for her because she, she really did deserve it. But, yeah, she absolutely dominated Miranda Granger on the ground and, yeah, it's a, a great victory for her. Yeah, I think, I think she's a great fighter. I think she's a great fighter. 
It definitely is, especially for a record anyway, because put me six and seven, that's mm. not a good record, that is it on paper. Well, and Miranda Granger was coming into this as seven and, I think she was seven and one. Yeah, so... It's, so it's a, even bigger of a victory for her. Definitely. Uh, the way she fought were impressive, and to be honest with you, it's been, what, UFC now? Four years, five years, something like that? I think that's like her eighth one now, fat maybe. And only a third winner, something like that. Mm -hmm. She lost all of her fights, and that's not taking out away from. I'm not saying that as in like, oh, look at her, she's shit. It's just more of like she's fought some like top fighters yeah, in, uh, since she's like been in the UFC. Just obviously, when you get to the, the UFC, you quickly learn that there's good fighters, great fighters, and fucking elite fighters. You just sometimes you you're one of them. Sometimes you're just the average fighter. Just fuck it, take it as you go along. Um, but yeah, the, again, plan works perfectly she tried to keep control as much as she can uh, as much as she could uh and like you said the the one thing that pissed me like, again like like you, like you said the jason herzog uh herzog i thought you would pronounce his last name herzog <laughs> jason herzog uh when he was telling them to work when they were already working and yeah. they were like well yeah that works at least give him a fucking chance like uh, what were it like the second round or something they're on floor for about 10 seconds or something yeah. like come on you need to work when, when it came it, went, it was even right, nearly uh, right at the end of the, the round and they were doing it and it was like come on man Get, Yoda that's Yoda's game plan She, that's her bread and butter she works on the ground she uh, she goes for submissions and he just was he was just I mean he didn't end up standing him up I've got to give him give him that but the, it's the if you're threatening the fires to, um, to that you're going to stand them up they're gonna make these mistakes. They're not. They you're pushing them out of the game plan because they feel well. I've got to do something uh, quicker because otherwise I'm gonna lose this position. That's it. And she was she was working all along. And obviously, when you've got the the referee saying that, and then you you've got obviously commentary team. They're human. They're not they're not like robots getting told exactly what to say. But when you've got the referee saying that saying that to the fighters. Commentary team are going to start picking it up at some point and, and basically throwing their own like uh, suggestions in there what the fighter should do and then obviously Bispin and um, Jason were like yeah Bis Bispin and Jason were, were, were saying like she, she needs to work she needs to be doing this like letting her hands go and stuff like that they were saying that as she was setting up an armbar and they were basically saying that she needs to she needs to work, she needs to hit her a bit more to open up all this other stuff and it's like, ah, oh, she's literally getting an armbar and mm -hmm. she's saying all this stuff. And, like, then, and then after they said it, they went, oh, the armbar's oh, on. Oh, no, sorry, not Jason, uh, Trevor Whitman. Trevor uh, Whitman, and, yeah. Yeah, and Bispin, yeah, they were saying that you, they need to like, do this and do that exactly as she was trying to set up a submission. And she, oh, she knew her about it as well, mm -hmm. before obviously changing. And she was constantly fighting, and I'll I'll give her that. And then obviously going to, going to the last round when she... Just got so close to to finishing the with a rear naked chalk like, that mm -hmm. you you word that yeah. when she she squeezed down on the windpipe well, and then Tom came out. Well, it's like she said in the post fight though, another five seconds and that she was tapping. I give it another two seconds, mate. Really, because she she was close to going out, let alone tapping. Because when you've been like grappled in that lot for the best part of ten minutes and controlled. You, you're already breathing as it, heavy as it is, so it's not like you're going in there with a, a full gas tank. You, your gas tank's already running low, so when you've got someone like 
choking you out and you ain't got that oxygen because all the oxygen in your blood's trying to travel all the way through your muscles and you only need someone squeezing your wind part in the right place for what four or five seconds and you're out like a lark so mm -hmm. it's another two or three seconds yeah i reckon she would have that would have been the well that would would that would she have got the record for the has that already happened before? Someone already got like a one second to the end. Yeah, uh, Demetrius Johnson got it in four fifty nine, if you remember. Against uh, was it against uh, Song Yudong or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, I think he did four fifty nine. Uh, but yeah, it's a great victory for Ashley Yoda, and uh, we'll see where she goes. I mean, there's some dangerous fighters above yeah. her in, the, in that strawweight oh, division. I, said, I, I won't recall him top. Five out of champions. If I were, I'd be trying to get a couple more fights, get that, mm. get that win column going, get that confidence going, and yeah. get build. Even though she's in the UFC, she's still got time to to build up. Well, she still she's still got a minus record in the in her actual UFC fight. She's uh, three and five. Exactly. So, so get it, get it at least back to level pegging. And then yeah, before you start challenging, you know, it's one of them. You, like your sports psychology. If you if you, you don't want to be basically breaking like confidences when they're already I might be totally wrong their confidence might be sky high at the minute and hopefully it is but you to, even if we are speaking in that sense you go up against the champion especially the way she she's fighting and just loses it's just going to break your confidence and you're just going to think oh what the fucking point in that just wasting my time <laughs> so yeah a couple more farts just get your feet back in get Couple of them wind back under your belt, get your record even, and and then move forward. But good win, good win for her. Yep. And so after that, we're going to the co-main event. Uh, another, another fighter who come in heavy, uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, another fighter who got exactly what they deserved from it. Uh, but this was a uh, was was much more brutal. Uh, Chaos Williams in his second fight in the UFC. I think he finished his first fight in twenty seven seconds. Yeah. Took a little bit longer to finish this one. Not too much though. Um, so basically, he comes out, uh, starts to f uh, starts out first with uh, a couple of uh, heavy leg kicks, which you could tell uh, really stung uh, Abdul, and then he threw one punch, landed it clear down the middle, absolutely stiffens Al Hassan. I mean, the guy was knocked out in the middle. He looked like he was doing a ski jump. His 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 body was that stiff. Uh, uh, Williams went to follow up. Absolutely didn't need to. Those were those were just like just adding kind of uh, embarrassment to it. And in jumps uh, Mark Smith to, to end the fight, and yeah, he it went thirty seconds. So in two wins in fifty seven seconds for uh, for Chaos Williams, he's going for them Chimiev kind of records. I was just about to say that his next opponent's going to be Chimiev. It's so well, so <laughs> you can you can see it. It's I can I can already predict it. It's going to be him versus Chibiev. Chibiev's next opponent. If he if he wins, that's that's his next opponent right there. Like, can't not be. When you when you're fighting the guy who's supposed to knock you out, and you go out there and you make him hit the floor harder than he came in, like weighing wise, you in thirty seconds. Like no one can say no to you when you've just done some, something like that. You, well, did he throw like two, maybe three hard leg kicks before he threw like, like that one, the one like sort of jab hook 
Because he, he sort of threw it and then pulled it back and then and then followed back through with it. And it was like, how the fuck did you get the power to knock a guy like that out? Just clean the, 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 the ironic thing is, Abdul, before this fight, he came in basically saying that, I know he's basically, he can do the same as me and knock people out, but let's see like, if his chin can hold up. And then it's just ironic how in 30 seconds, <laughs> he's the guy who's fucking chin didn't hold up. And yeah, that was that internal laugh in there, but... Oh, that was a fucking brutal knockout. Like, he, after when he did get hit in chin, his head like basically bounced off canvas twice, and yeah. you're like, "Shit!" Like it's scary. Like even though it's the a lot of people like him and it's entertaining to watch, but it's like, man, yeah, it's, it's CTE. Yeah, it's all that sort of shit. When you when you think about it as a fighter, and it's like having wobbled a couple of times, and it's fucking when you when you think that you're fighting three people at once, it's like, what the fuck's going on? But yeah, but that can. Getting it that hard and then hitting your head that hard, it's like, Jesus Christ, I hope, I hope he's alright, I hope there's nothing seriously wrong, because that were a fucking fish. Well, when Dana White reacts the way he does, when you've got Bisping and them lot, that, you know that's a fucking vicious knockout. I haven't seen Dana White react like that since the knockout, since Hall on, on Tough. Yeah, and and it, it showed how much damage that that one punch did, that Chaos Williams was able to leave the octagon, go and do his post-fight interview, and then go backstage, and Abdul Razak was still being helped to to leave yeah, the octagon because he was yeah. he was it it killed him it absolutely killed him that his his spirit left his body it's as simple as that uh, but a great victory for Case Williams two knockouts in a row yeah uh, he he looks like he's going to be a, a big player in that welterweight division oh definitely like Dan if you struggle to match him as a opponent I'll, I'll put my name in basket I'll fight him <laughs> I'm not bothered but fuck me you wouldn't like to fight him would you no. like, not a chance would like to fight not, him not after two uh, vicious knockouts like that nah you'd have to take it only, only way you'd take like, you, you, you're beating him is fucking head movement and <laughs> head movement and just try and take it down as much as you think Khabib that's, that's his sort of style of, of fighting that's he, the sort of power he had in that knockout was just fucking vicious. Well, in, in his two fights, he's had, he's thrown a total of 15 strikes and got two knockouts. That's, that's fucking amazing. In the UFC, elite level in the UFC, professional. But, but UFC. 15 strikes in 57 seconds tall. Fucking absolutely, man. So, yeah. he's, he's named Chaos for a reason. He, yeah. He's brought Chaos twice now since in his fights into that welterweight division. is. It's only a matter of time before he starts getting getting up there. But then again, it's impressive now. The top ten in the welterweights are just full of killers. It's yeah. just animals. So when you are knocking guys like that out now, it's a bit different when you go up against the welterweight of the of the top ten. It's you you go out there, you be reckless or you be careless or. You, be overconfident you're going to pay for it and these elite level ones that I'm on about are, are definitely going to make you pay for it mm -hmm. but uh, it's definitely uh, started his UFC career in the right way um, let's go on to this main event uh, Paul Felder uh, basically saving this card by accepting a fight five days out uh, was was offered the opportunity to, to have it as a three round fight took, uh, took it as a five round because he's 
he's just he's just one of those kind of like stay ready kind of guys just one hard motherfucker yeah um, unfortunately uh, it just wasn't his day today going up against the uh, former lightweight uh, champion and uh, welterweight contender uh, Rafael Dos Anjos making his, uh, making his way back down to lightweight for perhaps one final push for a title uh, this, uh, we all know about um, Habib uh, re- basically retiring or it's assumed he's retiring mm. uh, so people are kind of like trying to position themselves uh, uh, in the race for that 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 towel and Raphael has, has definitely put himself in that that uh, conversation with a, a very very good performance you can you can literally talk about all five rounds pretty much uh, in the same kind of mm. way this was about uh, Rafael Dos Anjos having really quick hands uh, in terms of striking, uh, landing some good shots, but he just wasn't able to handle the, the, the power of Paul Felder in terms of uh, standing and banging. So he went he went to uh, what he knows best, and that's uh, pinning his opponent up against the cage and, and, and going for the takedowns. And he was able to do that so many times in this fight. Uh, there's not... Uh, a single round in this fight where he didn't have over a minute and a half of of ground control. He just was able to, maybe not so much at will, but he was able to take uh, Paul Felder down a hell of a lot of times. I've got to give uh, fair play to Paul Felder. He was he was very calm when he was on the floor. Uh, he, whilst he wasn't in any real danger in terms of submissions, he, he was still able to kind of work his way back to his feet a hell of a lot. And uh, that against a, an elite level Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, artist like Rafael Dos Anjos is, is something you've got to show a lot of respect for. When it was on the, on the ground, like I said, Paul Felder was landing some heavy shots. But ironically, it's Paul Felder who actually comes off looking the worst because he's got so much scar tissue on his face that he gets clipped on the uh, the eyebrow and, and a cut in the middle of his nose splits open. <laughs> well, a cut in the middle of his eyebrow splits open. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard, hard uh, thing to for, for Paul Felder to have done. Uh, the fact that he's took this fight on five days notice I've got to give all respect for him I mean we we here at five rounds absolutely love Paul Felder anyway Uh, but he was absolutely dominated in this fight Uh, he just didn't really have a a lot of answers to uh, to uh, Dos ground game was uh, like I said he was able to take him down pretty much at will um, and and control him unfortunately so a great victory for Dos Anjos he's uh, looking to to maybe um, get that last one push for a towel uh, and Paul Felder maybe this talk of retirement I hope not because he's clearly still able to hang with the, with the very very best of them um, but yeah unfortunately it was just not able it was just not his day uh, and uh, Dos Anjos uh, takes the victory yeah, that's it. He's got some balls for stepping up on five days notice. But then also, so was the Daniels for accepting the mm-hmm. opponent on five days. Still keeping it at five rounds. Like, Daniels' original opponent was... Um, Makachev. Uh, Makachev, uh, who's a, a heavy wrestling guy as it is. So, if you're going into a training camp expecting to basically be fighting a wrestler and you get five days in and you, you, you get told you're fighting probably one of the best... Uh, black belts in in Muay Thai in the in the UFC, um, the, a, a guy who's been to war with Ed, Ed, Edson Barboza twice mm-hmm. and and stood toe to toe on five rounds with him twice. So 
this is a guy who's he's not to be not to be fucking about with when when you're on the feet and yeah. RDA yeah, just goes to show what a professional and what level of fight IQ he's got to know that the experience he's already had in and out of the cage and I mean out the cage in, in the gym but it's mean when we go fucking punching all man at face McGregor dickhead um, but yeah uh, he were able to to go in there knew that he were going to have to put up with some uh, adversity by getting punched in the face by Felder because if you get if you're fighting Felder you don't get punched in the face you you're either amazing or he's doing something wrong. <laughs> it's as simple as that, he's going to punch you, it's inevitable. Uh, he, so we were able to overcome the storm. But sort of, I want to say, have his own way with Felder, but then again, Felder impressed me with is just how much defence, defence, defence he mm-hmm. was doing every yeah. time he got tucked down, every time he was up against the fence. It's not like he was just letting RDA do whatever he wanted to. Yeah, RDA was taking him down when he somewhat wanted to and, and controlling him when he somewhat wanted to but that wasn't as if to like he, he couldn't have done more Felder was stopping him from doing more and it was really impressive obviously Felder like I said he's a, a heavy stand up guy rather than a, a wrestler or a BJJ obviously he, he trains in, in grappling he's a mixed martial artist but when you've got a guy who comes from Brazil who grew up basically just grappling ever since he was young, and you—it's inevitable. He's just gonna—he's just gonna be a better grappler than you. You—you've just got to admit it, and mm-hmm. he's just gonna be—it's just fact. It's not it's common sense. He's gonna be a better unless you've been doing it way longer, which Paul Felder hasn't. He took would have took some miracle for him to have been better than Rafael de Sanders tonight on the ground, and there were no miracle that would have come and helped him bar from how much grit he had from to try and stand up and you got to give it to him he stood up and every single time he did stand up he was he was able to try and get some work out of it and going on to his coach his coach needs some credit when you obviously when you've got sh- people, shit coaches giving him advice and then and then you've got good coaches uh in going into the third round his coach knew that felder was was somewhat getting lit up and yeah. he, he felder was then trying to like kill him with all his swings and his coach told him like listen take some of your power off this is third round it's five rounds with five days notice to take some of your power off try and conserve it count your shots and move if you basically increase your volume take your power off you're going to end up finishing him and it, it did somewhat work for him we were able to control the pace a little bit more yeah he still got tucked down which he knew that before the fight he, he said he's going to get he's going to find himself on his back at some point within the fight it's just all a matter of time of him Getting, getting back, back to up. the feet, yeah. um, which he, he he did in in most of the accounts perfectly. Um, obviously, not been training five rounds like Bispin said. Yeah, he has been training for a triathlon, which his cardiovascular system is going to be there. But when you're when you're thinking muscular and all your strength and endurance takes into account, you've it's a little bit different. All the all the basically actions are equal each other then and it's it's a different workout than it is to just training to get on a bike and do some swimming and go for a bit of a run it's you fight someone who's who's basically fighting back he did not they're not giving you this pressure when you're doing all this training it's basically up to you when you're fighting someone like rda he's just going to pressure 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 you like he did and you, you see the effects it has on you it wears you down over time and 
he impressed me in the fourth round and the fifth round. Our Felder were able to come out and have the the energy that he did, and that just goes with with experience and obviously grit again. Um, being able to come out into them later rounds and not just show to RDA but everybody else like fuck I'm yeah I haven't trained for it but I'm I'm still here. I've got more energy than you. That that mentally that can sometimes put your opponent off because it's like. Fucking hell, I just battered you for three rounds. How are you still fucking bouncing about? I'm energetic. So that can sometimes throw your opponent off, which is not a bad thing when you're thinking about it psychologically. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it weren't enough for Paul Felder. Paul Felder didn't have a full training camp, which is the, I don't want to say excuse, but that's what it is. It's, it doesn't, this is, doesn't do anything to Paul Felder. It makes him look like a badass. He took a fight on five days' notice. Yeah, he lost, which was in most people's eyes, like me and you, who watch it weekly. We, and to be honest, I expected him to lose a bit because it's like it's five days' notice against Rafael the time. It's like, mm. come on, it's unless, unless you're doing something spectacular, he's, he's going to beat you. you. You haven't trained a full camp. For yeah, him. but it, it took a former world champion to the limit. Oh, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't do any better than that on five days' notice. Exactly, but th- th- again, he's he's took a five days. It took a fight on five days' notice, and it's not just because he's he's lost. This doesn't go. Oh, he's lost. He's one of the fighters. He's lost. If anything, it goes. Fuck me, what a badass he is. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. lost. Nah, I still give him a fucking top opponent next time. Yeah. So it, it it still goes for him, and then obviously he's. It's a bit different when you speak when you talk about retirement for him. It's I don't oh, I, I believe he's still got some left in him, but. He's said it too many times anyway. Well, I wouldn't say too many times, but I've heard him say it a couple of times where he's, he's brought his kids into it and he's on about the, the damage he's taking. And it's like you can understand to the extent of like he basically wants to remember basically his own name for when he's older. And, yeah. uh, so you, you can somewhat understand. It's a dangerous, but a lot of people, as I think, still don't realise that it's just more of, yeah, blood, like hit him, knock him out. And a lot of people still going to realise that. One punch can kill a man, and these guys are getting punched hundred times in in Ed's per fight. So it's mm-hmm. you. You've got to just res- like got to respect the 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 danger that uh, is in the sport. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, especially when you you've got like take it into account. Look at Khabib. The reason he's for you know uh, twenty nine and all is because he he hasn't took damage all of his career. He hasn't been in these wars. He's took his opponents down. He's the one who's mauled his opponents. He's the one who's battered his opponents. That's why he's been able to have a longer career. When you're Paul Felder, like I said before, we were on about the fight with Dos Anjos. He had two wars with Barbosa. 50 minutes in total. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that takes some toll on your body. That takes a couple of years of your fucking lifespan. Surely to God. Um, but yeah, it doesn't do anything bad for him. It makes him look like a badass. But then it also, he's, he's a... He's a killer in that division and well respected. He's uh, Rafael de Sanjos. Hopefully, this is his last push. And when we were speaking about it, and it was like, what division could he possibly get a title shot in? He'd, I think it could possibly be this lightweight one. The welterweight one's pushing it a bit, obviously, far near. Like I say, killers, and he's a bit too small for welterweight for, for my liking. Is is that's I mean, he's, he's a perfect size for, for lightweight. That's and that's why we're obviously the former champion at lightweight. 
I've, I've, if it works there, it's going to work again. So I don't, don't upset the apple cart. Just crack on and it, it'll come to you. Now, getting the title shot depended on if Khabib does actually retire because he hasn't vacated the belt yet. He's still he's still on the the record as as champion. He's still got the belt. No one's come out saying he's vacated or he's been stripped. So, just all depends if he's. If he's still champion, I don't think anyone's getting that belt up until he up until he basically gives it back to the UFC and goes, "Yes, guys, I've had enough." <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, if say for instance someone else, you you got your your Michael Chandler's, your Tony Ferguson's, even even Chuck Gaethje in there, he's still three brilliant fights for Dasanias and well perfect and well matched up, evenly aged. I think if the Khabib does retire, he gets matched up with any one of them too. Uh, any one of them free for the belt. I think he's got a good chance of, of maybe getting that belt for the second time. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, so let's look forward to next week's event. Uh, another UFC uh, numbered pay-per-view. And this is the uh, the the night of the flyweights. Lots and lots of flyweight fights on, on this card. Uh, we've also got the... the the rematch between uh, Shogun Hua and Paul Craig after that uh, that uh, split decision draw uh, that they had earlier in the year. But we've got uh, a main card with uh, Catelyn uh, Chukagin trying to get back in title contention against Cynthia Calvillo. And then we've obviously got uh, Mark Perry, uh, one of Carlson's favourites, back on the card mm -hmm. against Tim Means. And then the, the double titles, women's flyweight, Valentina Shevchenko, uh, looking to murder Jennifer Meyer and then uh, the men's flyweights uh, Davison Figueredo taking on Alex Perez Alex Perez who's uh, I think is the first ever fighter from uh, Dana White's contender series to actually earn himself a title shot so mm. uh, good luck to, to him but yeah I, I would not want to be the person facing Figueredo right now because that guy looks like he, he is going to murder somebody yeah, he, de he, de he definitely does. If if anyone's keeping the belts for a bit longer than the average UFC champion, it's it's this fucker here, mm -hmm. uh, Figueredo. He, he's a problem to to anyone. He, he can grapple, he can grapple his arse off, and he can also hit like a welterweight. So he, he's a, he's a fucking problem. Depending on the, whoever you're standing in front of, if if you're in front of him, you. You can count yourself fucking lucky. Keep yourself very much aware and just try your best not to get knocked out. Mm -hmm. Alex has got a tough, tough job ahead of him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, check in next week to hear everything that happened with, with that card. Uh, but um, you can follow me on Twitter, at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here, at Kirby underscore Carlos. Follow the networks at Shooting the Sports Ish at thechairshot.com and at Visionaries Global Media. Thank you all for listening, and that is the end. Adios, amigos. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.